I'm clearing through some backlog today, and this one comes from November, when Netlify announced its Series D round, raising $105 million in funding, valuing the company at $2 billion. And one of my favorite perspectives always comes from the Software Defined Talk podcast. It's just very smart industry people having no bullshit discussions among themselves. Uh, none of them are incentivized in any way to talk well about Netlify. So I think you have a very balanced discussion here, and I'm just going to start playing it. Netlify, they raised a bunch of money, Kote. And this is, uh, as it's, it, I think maybe it turns out, one of your coworkers said is, uh, um, Heroku itself isn't what people want. What, what we actually want is uh, get push Heroku main. And I think this is like, this is just a perfect summary of like, this is the nirvana. Like, I don't, it doesn't really matter what it is. That's what the people want. They just want get push. And then by magic, everything just works. So um you 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 actually took some uh look at it like is is Netify is it Netify am I saying it right are they doing it Net, are, do they Netlify. have a new solution to this are they the ones to actually make it happen for us or will we again initially be excited and then and then find out it doesn't do what we want it to do well in a rare instance where I get to play the Brandon to to kind of to kind of explain things a little bit like I I did do some preparation some research so I'm slightly prepared here now I actually have never heard it pronounced, but I assume it's Netlify. And they, uh, I, you know, I haven't done this much research, but like I like the two things you mentioned, I think are strongly connected here, right? And, and, and I, think, I think what's interesting, so Netlify is like, a, I guess it was like a CDN, and then they came, it's a very Heroku-like story. Like, remember, there's Heroku, and then they came up with that wonderful, I remember when I got briefed on this, unless I'm making it up. But there was this wonderful piece of technical marketing called 12factor.net. And yes. basically what 12factor.net one net was, was like, if you want to write an application to run on Heroku, you should do these things. And someone had the brilliant insight to, and this is one of, now that I'm thinking about it, probably one of the best instances of do not give me a vendor pitch that is a vendor pit, but it's actually a vendor pitch. It's <laughs> right. like, right. like, you know, I mean, basically those 12 factors go over. If you want to run your application in Heroku, it should follow this. So here's a spec. But yep. they kind of removed Heroku from that picture when they were talking about it. And it was this whole like, you know, and, and it has become its whole thing, right? Like it's the rare chance where some marketing became the technology. Uh, whatever. I mean that in a good way. And I think... You know, my understanding of, of the, there's the Jamstack pattern uh, that you use, right? And, and essentially, it relies on like, uh, and not in a bad way, like you basically statically generate a huge amount of your web application, and I guess it can be a mobile app too. And uh, you, spit, you spit those out onto, uh, you know, a bunch of CDN. So it's really fast, and it's also static. And if I remember, Netlify is or used to be also a CDN company. So of course, you know, that's the, the connection to like a 12 factor thing is they came up with a pattern that, that a CDN can take advantage of. And what I haven't actually done any jam stack stuff, and maybe I'm totally wrong in my, my researching around it, but it looks like you're now, Brandon, you must remember, cause I remember you were there when we were figuring out the old, uh, what, what was it called? XML HTTP request or something like sure. how you could back when you could have like a live connection. And so Somehow, you know, if you remove all the security issues that I don't think exist anymore, like basically, you know, you can follow this pattern where you have uh, you've got a bunch of static web pages. And this is where things like it gets really annoying, kind of like a 12 factor thing where like you read the 12 factor thing several times over and you're like, 
stateless, stateless. <laughs> right. But I'm gonna need state. And then they're like, ooh, stateless, stateless. And you're like, right, 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 right. But I'm gonna know. And then you know, you're like, oh, right. But I still need a database. So, anyways, like, so you have like these static pages and you know, they don't have state, but then you know, you're just calling, you're just calling like through uh, an API or a microservice, if you want to be fancy, to some backing service, some backend. Just like you would, I mean, it's like a GUI, except it's in a web page or it's like, you know, the way that I imagine a lot of uh, uh, apps work. And it seems like that, I don't know anything about it, but like that's the basic idea of like what the, the Jamstack pattern is, right? To have like a headless, a, uh, a headless CMS system. And that's, that's where things make starting to start to make me a little nervous is like CMS, a content management system. Like, I, I think I could implement like an online banking platform in this, but like, I don't, I don't really want to hear the word CMS for my online banking platform. Right? right. Like that's, that seems a little, little rinky dinky there, but like, I mean, connected to Heroku, right? Like it does, if you have the ability to basically like write your application as a web page with JavaScript, right? And you can still actually like have data and interact with the web and do your, you know, interact with all these services out there, then that does sound pretty awesome because you don't have to worry about, and this is worry is where the asterisk gets us into the whole other part of the conversation. I don't have to worry about running a database or standing up infrastructure or, or anything like that. Right. And like, I don't really have to like open up a ticket to like use Twilio. <laughs> right. Or like, or like all these things. And so it's like in the same way, and, and this is the connection to Heroku is like, it's yet another like go at what if we didn't have an IT department, <laughs> right? Like, like what, what if I didn't have to worry about like installing and configuring and setting up middleware and doing all of that. And I could just like, focus on the uh the ui layer and and i think i mean i think that's like that's the whole thing like with with heroku and with the little cloud foundry haiku that people like to use is always this idea of like i want to write my application code and just like have it running and like yeah i mean of course that's what everyone wants (laughs) right and and like the issue becomes like all that other stuff has to be run somewhere. And, and I think the trap is, and, and I see people do this, doing this rhetorically a lot is like the trap is to dismiss that first dream as naive and unworthy because you still have to run a database somewhere. Right. <laughs> right. Whereas, well, whereas I want to clarify one thing, cause people call me out on it. It's like, so in the, the official tweet, it's get push Haruko main and, it's not having to think about or do anything else, which is very important, right? So that's that is the nirvana. Yeah, that's what we're trying to get yeah. to. It's like you push it and you do nothing else. And I think what always comes down to these um, these attempts are, I think the the constraints are the differentiation. But eventually, we all turn on that, and the constraints become the weakness that takes the platform down, right? Because if you're willing to develop everything such that it fits in this pattern, right? You're willing to adjust how you think, how you build applications, or even maybe adjust the, some of the requirements for the application, it would definitely work. 
But what ultimately happens is somebody will eventually decide, no, I can't do it. Like I need access to a different programming language, a different model, some right, right, infrastructure right. or something. Like that. And that is the moment that these dreams die because someone decides, no, no, no. And then what they're really saying there, if we could really sort of reveal preference is that they're saying, I don't want Git push. I want Git push and I want the, the ability to tinker on the side because I've just made some decision. But like, I think as an industry, like it's hard for us to like, like openly have that conversation. It's like, yeah, you know, if you live within the constraints, you will. And that's what you have to do. But people say, I don't want to live within the constraints. I'm like, well, then you can't have what you just asked for. Like there's yeah, no yeah. getting out of that conversation. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think that, that is, uh, that's totally it. Right. It's just like, if, uh, and, and we, of course, as, as vendors are both the, uh, uh, the, the, the sufferers of this and, and also the creators of it the co-creators with people, but it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, the more you want to like customize something and, and that, that's, that's a cynical way of putting it. The, the, let me say it both ways. The more you want to customize something, the more expensive and tedious it's going to become, right? Because it's your one-off customized thing right now to put it another way, the more uh, unique enterprise mission critical requirements you have, like the more uh, the more enterprise mission critical and expensive your solution is going to be, right? Exactly. And, and like, I mean, this is I think one of the maybe it's not underappreciated, but like I think one of the things we don't think on enough about public cloud, and this is not entirely true with you know with the the Quinian like there's fifty ways to run a container in Amazon Point, but like. It's at some point when you look at public cloud, like it's a take it or leave it proposition. <laughs> it's like you can't really like you just have to take what's there. And so now, again, this is not exactly the case nowadays. Like it's a lot more nuanced and there's lots of options, but like it's a different type. You avoid a certain type of analysis paralysis, right? When when it comes to traditional on-premise IT buying and customizing thing, it's just like. I don't know if we're going to use like S3, it does what it does. Like there's no, we don't get to like specify all these things, right? Or if we're going to use like uh, Heroku to use that example, like it does what it does. Like we can't, Mm -hmm. we can't really like customize it. And, and we can, and, and more importantly, like we can't, it's extremely difficult to introduce into the product management loop that there's even the option to change things, <laughs> right? Like that, that you could like change how something is implemented. And, you know, maybe if you're the CIA and you want to like have someone build a whole cloud for you, that's one thing, but it's just like, it's a lot different than the chance of like, Hey, we can do this uh, on-premise cloud native thing for you and you can do whatever you want underneath it. And, and like, it's just, uh, I don't know. That's, that's crazy. That doesn't, that doesn't work out in the long term. <laughs> it's, it's much better to just say like, yeah, we should just do this headless thing. And even though as a young programmer and a technologist, I was told you're not supposed to think this way. How about we just limit what we do based on the tools that we have? Well, at least, and, cons- and, like, I, and I think that's the thing that like it gets shot down in the meetings. People are like, right tool, right job. We got to think about the customer. And, and you see why, like, you know, this is what leads us back to the complexity. And I think what you can do in those meetings is turn back and say, all of that is true. But like, 
by making this more complicated, it means we're going to spend less time doing things that the customer potentially wants. So, so that's even a trade-off from, from the perspective of like, like people often position things like we're not doing what the, the customer wants, but it's like, Hey, no, you know, you've just taken on so much technical debt and infrastructure that that's happening anyway, but it's happening in a silent way. And then I think on AWS, and then maybe that's a preview for next week, we'll have to make some reinvent predictions. But, you know, if you think about, like, we'd like to make fun of AWS for the 17 ways to do the container. I like to, too, right? It's funny. It is funny when you see it written down. But to be fair about it, the reason they're doing it is 17, there were, there were, requ- there were enough demand for 17 different ways to do it from customers. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. a reflection of like, no, this is what you as an industry are asking for. All, I mean, collectively, you as an, we as an industry want 17 different ways to do it. It's not like Amazon or AWS is doing it because they just think it's fun. I mean, they're, they're at least you know, outwardly the most customer-driven company there is. And it's like, no, this is a reflection of where IT is today. The industry cannot even agree on, can't get lower than 17 different ways to want to do this. And I think that sort of is a reflection of kind of our industry more than it is necessarily a reflection of AWS. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, there's, there's. I mean, this, 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 this very topic I'm babbling around like came up today or or yesterday or something. It's it just like, at some point, there needs to be some sort of like enterprise architectural movement, which is like do less, and and not, not do less in the elegant way of doing stuff, but just like. Oh man, maybe we just shouldn't worry about all those little wingding things. Like, it, and and maybe I mean the low code thing like struggles with this, right? Like, but it kind of feels like, you know, you know, to to go back to the Roku thing, it's like the the the, the not adjacent, but the related question and discussion is like, I I mean, yeah, but why do I have to think about all that stuff at this point? Right. Like, I mean, if I want to just like most applications do kind of the same thing and like, why is this still a problem? Yeah. <laughs> like, like if, if I want to have like a 50 page workflow that involves like five people, like handling some request and filling out data, like doing someone's taxes, right? Like, We've all done taxes. This is a very complicated system, more or less, that involves multiple people. It's got to be like enterprise grade and secure and compliant, all the best and worst case things. I don't know if it has to ever be air gap. So I think we're cool there, right? Like (laughs) air gapped. I I don't think we have that scenario. Uh, But like just an individual filing even their simplest, hiring someone to file their simplest taxes has all of the complications of any enterprise stack essentially, right? I mean, maybe not. And it's sort of like, I mean, you could kind of do that totally fine at scale with everything we have available now. And I don't know, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. <laughs> and and yet, like, it constantly is a big deal, right? Like, like on, on the, um, I tried to ask around this, you know, in my, uh, our reboot of, of the Drunk and Retired podcast, Drunker and Retireder, which you can get by going to drunkerandretireder.fireside.fm. I'm trying to see how long I can go without actually hooking up a donate domain name, Brandon. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Okay. But like I, the, the, the show this week, I was asking Charles, I was like, so you remember like ORM mappers where you would go between like your in-memory representation of your data in your program 
And then you would also have to like map it to and from a database because you got to store it somewhere, right? And and the whole topic of that episode was, I was thinking one morning, and so I asked him, I was like, have you programmers figured that shit out yet? Because <laughs> it feels like we've had a lot of time to like basically solve that issue. And, and like, I mean, he kind of, things have incrementally improved, but it's still like astonishing that it's still like, a problem <laughs> right that like that like just building a system to do something as simple and yet complex as like just filing taxes is is like an issue i mean like we have gmail that seems <laughs> really complicated word. yeah like I, all right I don't well, know. we'll see what is it how do you say it say a net netlify is that what is it there's an l in there is that what the netlify all right we'll see we'll, we'll see if netlify enough. Can can bring it home. I don't know. I as as all of these things, we start out hopeful, but you know, history has shown that like, I don't know, it's hard. But maybe this is it. Maybe it'll happen. Yeah, this time. yeah. Well, you know, the, the the one of the I don't again, I don't know anything about it, but one of the issues is reading through it. It has a lot of the um, it has a lot of the uh, there's you know five different stacks that do these concepts and each different little ways here, which is just like oh boy, here we go again, <laughs> right? Like. Like it's uh that that is you know as 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 they say say what you will but like that is something interesting that like that like Docker figured out is it was just Docker there weren't there wasn't just like you know fifty kajillion different ways of doing something eventually it was just the one thing until everyone else came in and kind of like broke that all up but like I I don't know I mean I mean it's it's hard when you've got a concept. Like I think the jam the Jamstack thing is, and then there's like like ten different ways to do it all independently. I don't know. Something's a little dodgy there. Like like it it, it doesn't have high hopes for like finally solving the problem for everyone in the same way that having like the one technology that does it the uh, one. solves it. But but we'll see. I mean, it's got to be better than uh, you know that little animated guy going across your page peeing and then walking back. <laughs> like I'm sure it's it's far and above that much better i think it's a fair perspective like do we actually need all that customization or do we need some simplification in the stack we probably need both the world is so big that you might as well have both and there's probably room to make money on both and amazon has gone one way netlify has gone the other and i think it's on netlify to really demonstrate that that this architecture is really the right way to go and that it can catch on and convert a lot of people to them. The problem is that by definition, it's got no lock-in. So what advantage does Netlify actually have? It needs to start articulating that better or risk losing that lead to some other of its competitors. 